the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, at 12.06, good afternoon, one and all. Here I am at Iswan. It's The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Just click Listen live and also good afternoon to everybody tuning in. We do the live stream. We call it the Noon Report on Facebook. Just find my page at John DePietro Show. This portion of our program, folks, as we kick off the noon hour, is brought to you by Propane Plus. Remember, Propane Plus, they want to be your propane provider. It's Propane Plus. In Rhode Island, call them at 401-885-4209. 401-885-4209. For Propane Plus in Massachusetts, dial 508-252-3359. For uh, 508-252-3359. Remember, Propane Plus, three generations. They do a fantastic job. Three generations. They're available 24-7 for their customers. <clears throat> Online billing. Schedule your service delivery at the click of a button. It's Propane Plus. Now, there's a lot of businesses also that are realizing that they are using more propane, uh, let alone with, did you notice that, um, boy, it was incredible uh, during the course of the uh, Super Bowl, all of the, you know, uh, climate, uh, every ad for a vehicle, every commercial for a vehicle was for an electric vehicle, whether it was BMW or anyone else. So, folks, uh, people are looking, and propane is a great source of energy. Remember, it's Propane Plus online at propaneplus.com. And remember, with propane, it's affordable, it's sustainable, it's equitable, it's good for the environment, and now it's renewable. And you want to contact Propane Plus. If you're listing right now, and as I've mentioned in the past, you know, a lot of uh, Restaurants and other businesses that are operating more outside started using propane tanks for their heating tanks and for for uh, for lighting. And you can contact Propane Plus today. Someone said, can I mention the John? Yeah, of course, mention the John DePietro show. What are you crazy? 401-885-4209. Excuse me, folks, not a COVID cough. All right. We have a lot going on on this Tuesday, as you you just heard. All eyes remain uh, in the other part of the world with Ukraine. But closer to home, there's a couple of stories that I want to bring your attention to. One is, and if you check uh, the website again, folks, petro.com, we have great sponsors, such as our friend Kenny Delgarian, President of Delgarian Properties, well-known developer in Rhode Island, strong reputation and service for over 40 years. And remember, if you click on the link at the website, he has some uh, tremendous properties. Lloyd Manor Apartments, the Premier Apartments, Wayland Court Apartments, Harrison Apartments. Check out Kenny Delgarian is uh, just fantastic. And there's a link on the website, petro.com. But folks, if you check it out. You'll see we have the story, and we have a great story coming up later today on the website, dePetro.com. Remember, exclusive content, a lot of stories the rest of the media stay away from, such as, you know, this um, the whole fraud regarding this guy that's in Scotland, Nick Oliverian. It's kind of ironic that right now, I would argue that Tom Mooney of the Providence Journal... Um, He kind of owns the story. He's broken so many different parts of the story. His reporting has gone gone above and beyond. And he was the one that initially broke the story that the state police and FBI were investigating whether or not this guy had faked his own death. And his reporting continues uh, regarding this guy, Nick Alavaridian. He's a total fraud. I've talked in the past. He's contacted the program. We were almost going to have... He, he was he faked his own death and then he pretended that his widow was alive. So when, when I was communicating with him, he was pretending to be his widow, Louise, and these long rambling manifest type of uh, Twitter messages. And it turns out he was hiding in Scotland. So they finally caught up to him and he's still denying, in fact, that he's the, the, the person, Nick Oliverdian. He's using the name, I believe the latest name he's using is Arthur Knight, who, if you're around here in the late 80s, he was the afternoon host. Uh, Salty was in the morning, and who was in the afternoon? Wrong, King Arthur Knight. Uh, He was the host. I can still picture being in Edgewood, 
Ferncrest, my parents' house, and my mother would just have King Arthur Knight on in the background. He used to play music. He would do trivia. Um, I got to know him a little bit. R- really nice guy, King Arthur Knight. So uh, he used to do trivia, and if you got the wrong answer, he'd say, um, but anyhow, uh, Cack, as he was known, King Arthur Knight, he... Um, that was the name that this guy was using in Scotland. But the reason I mention that is there was a columnist that was always attacking the chosen one. We called him Comrade Kerr. Bob Kerr, the, you know, uh, limousine, well, not limousine liberal, but Fall, the pride of Fall River, if that actually means anything. Always writing in his column and always taking shots at one. And one time, as I write about, and folks, no one else Kerr was his defender. Many would argue in an enabler. Kerr befriended this fraud. This fraud even wrote about Bob Kerr when they finally retired him at the Providence Journal. But those Kerr columns gave this guy credibility, gave him cover. And as I write about, there was one time, because Kerr was writing, Bob Kerr of the Providence Journal, was writing these columns. And he's quoting this, this young guy, Nick Galliberti. And, and, and there were outrageous claims in the columns. You can read on the website. I'm not going to get into all the details, but they were so outrageous. A lot of times you, you encounter people that may make these claims, but they won't go on record, right? They want to be used like deep background and so forth. And then, and I understand media organizations are hesitant to go with the stories because the person won't. Rev- well, this guy, Nick Alabama, he had no problem. So Kerr was free to write. All these outrageous columns. And and at the time, I would contact Governor Kachiri was an office, which means Kerr liked that Kachiri was an office because it was a Republican governor. And it was this narrative that, you know, here he was uncaring and all these things were going on. So I would contact the people at DCYF and, and they would swear that the stories were made up. So. Um, at least on one occasion, if not several, uh, on the radio, some I think a caller even said, boy, did you read, you know, blah, 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 what Bob Kerr wrote? And I said, you know, I read it. And just for the record, I, I did speak to someone there and they say that that did not happen, that there's no record of this, that this kid was tortured, that he was, you know, all kinds of outrageous claims. And Kerr actually wrote about it and said, how insensitive. He's not the independent man. He's the insensitive man. He doesn't want to know about that part of Rhode Island. He doesn't want it, to. It's not that. It's because it was all made up. It was all fake. And this guy, Nick Alaverdi, and the one who faked his death, and he's in Scotland right now. And again, what's ironic to me is the guy that gave him the most cover was the columnist for the Providence Journal, Bob Kerr. And now, fast forward to 2022. And it started last summer, but Tom Mooney, a reporter for the journal, is the one that, again, in my mind, he kind of owns the story. He just breaks stuff on it left and right. Uh, he's got really good sources on it. He follows all the leads. Mooney's doing award-winning work. But Kerr, that Nick Alaverdian, when, when he would get into beefs with people, he would threaten them. Like, I, you know, kind of like he'd, he'd kind of intimate, like, I own the journal. And you better keep your mouth shut or I'm going to have, you know, he would... He apparently was assaulting young women, and then when they would complain or threaten they were going to go to the the police or what have you, he would threaten, like, I'll ruin you <clears throat> with the Providence Journal. Now, granted, this is more, you know, more than 10 years ago, so the paper had more power then, more cachet then. I mean, all of print, especially local newspapers, have certain fallen. So my point is that Bob Kerr in his column— uh, acted as an enabler. And, and and I had heard from people that they would contact columnist Kerr, Comrade Kerr, as I called him, um, to basically poke holes in it, and he didn't want to hear it. The column was the column, um, and, and once it was printed, that was it. It was as if he didn't want to know what the truth was. But that gave this total fraud con man who's wanted by the FBI in Ohio, who's wanted by authorities out in Utah, who's being held by uh, the police in Scotland. He is, um, that emboldened him. And there was a progression that he got more aggressive with who he went after because he felt 
that he had Bob Kerr in the journal had his back. So now I believe, even though he's retired, number one, I think it should be pointed out that no one else has written about the fact that Bob Kerr, Comrade Kerr, was basically an enabler of this complete pathological lying um, con man and just some of his actions that were just so outrageous. But he started to use that. And I even have a link on the website in the story, Petro.com, where when Kerr finally was whatever happened, left the journal, retired from the journal, pushed out, forced out, whatever, took a buyout. <clears throat> Aliverdian wrote this big praising thing to him. Journalism is dead because Bob Kerr has been pushed out at the journal. And it's really just the opposite that has happened. So so anyhow, folks, read it on the website, depetro.com. And again, depetro.com. We have so many great sponsors, folks, people that believe in the program, <clears throat> that want to give you the real news, no spin, the real truth of what's happening out there. And it's brought to you by Soul Source Restoration. Now, remember, they clean and disinfect residential and commercial properties. So if you're listening right now, whether it's Rhode Island or Massachusetts, call Mike CP's company, SOLE, Soul Source Restoration, 401 712 2700. No one has the equipment that they have. No one is more equipped than they are. SOLE, Soul Source Restoration, 401 712 2700. So I want to first touch on now, there's something very dramatic that happened a short time ago. I did not uh, go and cover it, but um, I just couldn't because of time wise. But the, um, it's unusual. The Providence Police actually uh, had a press conference with some families that talked about, you know, there, there's definitely a problem with our justice system, with the courts are allowing a lot of hardened criminals out. And these are people that are, they're, they're you know, in the past, if you were charged with first degree murder, you, you were, it didn't matter. You were not let out on bail, right? I mean, look at a perfect example is, is you know, OJ. OJ Simpson was, he certainly had the money to post bail, but because of the charge, he was not let out on bail. But, but in Rhode Island, increasingly, they are letting these hardened criminals out in there. As you can imagine, they're committing more crime while they're out. But before I want to get to that, um, again, this is one of those things that the local media, I don't think they're going to cover enough, that they're not covering enough. And that is the Biden approval ratings that are out. And by state, not just around the country, state by state, he's more popular. His job approval rating in certain states is better than others. And I actually mentioned this last hour. For instance, what is this? Where is a state where President Biden is not doing well? Well, in Alabama, he has a 24 percent approval rating. Disapproval rating is 68 percent. The reason that matters is also there's a drag on any Democrat that wants to run for office in Alabama. It doesn't help that the person in the White House is a Democrat. It's Biden and it's really hurting their cause. So Alabama, he's way down. How about even in California, which is traditionally, you know, a big blue state, 49% disapproval rating. Biden only has a 41% approval rating in California. Now, I mentioned last hour in Massachusetts, one of the few states that Biden has a 48% approval rating, 40% disapprove. That, that's, you know, that's not the majority. <clears throat> it's quite the opposite. You look at a state like uh, West Virginia, President Biden in West Virginia has a 17% approval rating. The reason why that's so significant is that just really shows you the power and popularity, to me anyway, of Senator Joe Manchin. Right. Democrat in the Senate. He is able to be a senator, a Democrat senator from West Virginia. And Biden is a 17 percent approval rating in West Virginia. And that also should answer the question. You know, there's so much pressure on Manchin to cave and go along with the progressive agenda. He knows exactly what he's doing by not going along with Biden. My God, if you're Joe Manchin. And Biden basically has an 80% disapproval rating in the state, almost like a 15% approval rating. You, you, you're going to do the opposite. It's like the Seinfeld episode, the opposite. 
Remember, George just says the opposite of whatever. That's such a great episode of Seinfeld. That's how George gets the job with the Yankees. And, you know, um, it's so hilarious. He's out in front of the house and on the date. And uh, he had told off the kids in the movie theater. And the, on the date, the, the woman is saying, are you sure you don't want to come upstairs? It's only 930. And then. George Costanza says, I really don't think we should. We really don't know each other that well. Uh, but anyhow, my point is, Manchin should continue to do the opposite of whatever Biden does. And even in Rhode Island, this is something that's not really being touted. <clears throat> Governor McKee has tied himself to President Biden. Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee has said, I'm a Biden Democrat. Uh, he's always championing his friendship with Biden in Rhode Island. President Biden has a 43% approval rating, 47% disapprove. Now, what's unfortunate is if there was a, and I don't want to be a broken record here, but if there was a, if there was a Republican candidate for governor, they certainly could take advantage of that. But we don't want to keep dwelling on the fact that the Rhode Island Republican Party has failed to find a credible candidate to run for governor somehow thinking that they're just like a ticket seller that they sit back and they you know wait for someone to come and tell them they want to run uh the successful parties around the country they help find candidates they help groom candidates that is certainly not the situation we have in rhode island where i inquired about uh, State Senator Jessica De La Cruz running for Secretary of State. And I was told, no, no, she's not ready. She's going to stay right where she is as a senator. And then as we know, as soon as Langevin announced he's not running, State Senator Jessica De La Cruz, even though she doesn't live in the district, has jumped into the race for CD2 um, and then is now going quiet. I, she's never run a statewide race. She's never run a district race, let alone it's a district. She's really not well known. Uh, but that is one of the problems when you you don't have like a firm handle on the party. Look at how New Hampshire and folks, as I've told you, Rhode Island in many ways could people wonder what would it take for us to be a battleground state like New Hampshire? New Hampshire, Biden has 42 percent approval rating. You know, Biden actually has. He does have a higher disapproval rating in New Hampshire than Rhode Island, 52 percent. We're in Rhode Island, it's 47 percent because then the rest is Rhode Island is 10 percent, uh, neither approved nor disapproved. Boy, that's really it's probably a bunch of illegals that couldn't figure out exactly what the question was. But my point is, you know, right now, Rhode Island really matches New Jersey. And that's uh, something that's not common. New Jersey approval of Biden, 42 percent. Rhode Island, 43 percent. Disapprove in New Jersey, 48%. And in Rhode Island, it's 47%. So, but my point is, folks, um, I believe this is going to be a big drag on uh, Democrats, especially in that CD2 race, because that's statewide. I am willing to bet, and as I have talked about and reported, Biden is below 40%. In CD2. And why does that matter? Because people like, you know, Seth Magaziner and some of the other Democrats that are running for that office, they're tying everything to Washington. And we have to get rid of the Republicans and Nancy Pelosi. And, and uh, we need someone to help President Biden with his agenda. Uh, El Rongo, that, that is not. People are angry. Uh, people, you know, we don't have representation. Uh, I also would argue that, listen, Langevin has not been a representative. Langevin rubber stamps whatever Cicilline and the Democrat Party basically tell him to vote for. He's known as rubber stamp Jim uh, in Washington. So this is a unique opportunity. And right now we have three Republicans that have announced. Former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung. Bob Lancia, who did run two years ago, and then Smithfield resident, uh, State Senator Jessica De La Cruz, who I, I believe is trying to move into the district. That's, or I think she lives in North Smithfield, excuse me, North Smithfield, I think. So, um, and is looking to maybe move into the district. But that's why, I mean, the planets are aligning. This is a real opportunity. 
And, and folks, the Republicans are going to take over the House. I believe they're going to take over the Senate. I think it's going to be a clean sweep. It would be, um, it would be terrific to have some Republican. It would be great to have some representative representation in Washington. Right now, we don't. Right, Cicilline certainly. Cicilline. Now he doesn't, to me, really do what the people of the first congressional district wanted to do. He just has his own agenda, which is just to be an attack dog for the Democrat Party, do whatever Nancy Pelosi wants, and then he, uh, you know, just puts a bunch of illegals on the voter rolls, so then he doesn't have to worry about actually being voted out of office. So I believe it would be really refreshing to have someone. Who would be there uh, working with the Republican Party, representing Rhode Island, whoever wins that CD2 seat, if a Republican wins it, it would be the only Republican uh, representative in Congress in all of New England and would be from Rhode Island. So I can tell you that the party in Washington is very excited at that uh, prospect of that. And I have a piece, by the way, I have something on that on the website, Um I know that some people don't understand why Chris and Mayor Ellen Fung is considered the, the front runner on that. And I, I listen, I like Bob Lancey. As I've said, folks, I'm going to remain neutral in that. Uh, but, but a mindset that has to change is people that are trying to decide what type of Republican should get that seat. Because I'm telling you, the only answer is, do you want a Republican or a Democrat? Do you want Nancy Pelosi as speaker or do you want Kevin McCarthy? Those are the choices, by the way. People want to veer off. Well, no, I don't like McCarthy. Or but no, it's those are the options. Right? You 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 walk up to order ice cream or you know, what kind of dessert do you have? We have chocolate ice cream and vanilla ice cream. All right, I'll have strawberry. We don't have strawberry. All right, I'll have pistachio. We don't have pistachio. Your choices are vanilla or chocolate. So Right now, it's not a matter of, well, I want uh, this type of Repu-. The choice would be a Republican candidate or a Democrat. And, and, and make no mistake, there are people, by the way, there are people, there are some members of the Republican Party that say that I'd rather have a Democrat there, which makes no sense to me in any way. It just doesn't. I think they're out of touch. The only thing they know how to do is lose gracefully. They certainly don't know how to win. I'm not going to start naming names. I've named some of them in the past, but this is about winning elections. That's what it's about. Folks, at 1228, this portion of the program is brought to you by Kogi. It's R.E. Coogan and Heating, the big uh, ad in the Super Bowl on Sunday night. Now, listen, it's freezing out. And if you're having a problem with your pipes, contact R.E. Coogan and Heating, 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. It's Coogie. It's R.E. Coogan and Heating, 24-hour emergency service, plumbing, heating, and cooling, as Coog says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Look for them on Facebook. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. R.E. Coogan Heating and online, recooganheating.com. Well, folks, good afternoon. And again, I'm going to play some of the sound in, uh, excuse me, just a moment. God bless me. Um, that uh, very dramatic of these poor families that were in Providence uh, earlier at the police department. And it's time we get some accountability with many of the judges that are on the bench. But this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Endzone Sports Pub. Folks, Endzone will be rocking tonight. PC against Villanova. Top 10 matchup at the Civic Center. Uh, great place to have a drink, watch your favorite sports teams. Clean, friendly place. And also they have karaoke starts at 8.30 on Friday and Saturday. Endzone Sports Pub. But they will certainly have the PC Villanova game on tonight 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. All right, I want to get to um some of the sound. Now folks, you also have to realize the Rhode Island, the way that our uh justice system is is basically set up is that and you think about it, it's it's not ideal obviously, but the fact is that remember, you know, the the state house, the state senate approves all the judges. Sometimes they come from the state house. But it creates this unholy alliance because then when many of the people at the Rhode Island State House, when they're 
some of the reps who are attorneys, when they're in front of the judges, you know, they've, you know, they control pensions, they control pay, they control budgets. Um, and it's it, 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 obviously it's a conflict of interest. But there's a number of um, there's a number of judges that then allow many of these hardened criminals, murderers out on bail, even though they should be locked up because of who their attorney is and who they're tied in with. So I want to just play a little bit of the sound because I know Commissioner Perry was speaking, but just listen to this uh, mother. And it's heartbreaking. And I don't blame them for being upset. And it adds insult to injury. Let's hear uh, one of the family members that spoke at the Providence uh, Public Safety Complex earlier. My name is Michelle McNeil. My son was just 25 years old. Very dramatic and emotional. Never be given to known murderers at all. That's right. There's too many people dying in our streets today. Yeah. Too many babies. That's right. Somebody needs to set an example. Put these monsters behind bars. That's right. Ever. Justice for Olivia. When that monster page got bailed, it was like a slap in the face. Like the judge said, my baby didn't matter. And my baby matters. Island. No one cares about the victims. No one cares about the innocent civilians. No one steps forward. Governor Someone McKee. Needs to do something to help this. Governor McKee allowed drunk drivers all over the road. It's not right. And illegals and hardened criminals. And they're not My locked up. My baby deserves justice. Yes. And that monster. Look at those two kids from West Warwick. Hit on head-on crash by a drunk adult driver. And McKee, they have a fans don't let fans drive drunk. Give me a break. Save that BS for somebody else. That's not a solution. You think the drunk that hit those two kids from West Warwick on Saturday night, you think he was watching the press conference of McKee and the state police? The state police that have fallen so Thank far. Thank you, Michelle, for sharing this is your pain in your outrage. So terrible. State police have fallen since Andre Ramonda. Andre appointed. Bonita this past August yep. was shot and killed. Oh, God. Up on the north end of the city of Providence. I remember that. 2.30 in the morning. Yep. He subsequently died right uh, on Grant Street. Let me guess. After leaving the place in which he was shot. Yep. The defendant was identified and charged. And... We believe the evidence is strong. Yes. The court on the record stated that the the state met its burden. Yep. After several days of a bail hearing. Yep. And set bail regardless. Ridiculous. Wrong. He's a murderer. Andre's dad is here with us. Andy. Folks, McKee's Rhode Island. No one is safe. What he has Children are not safe. His family has experienced. We are not safe. The pain and a decision that the court made. Terrible. Setting bail uh, on a defendant that shot and killed his son. Insane. Why is that Andy? person out of jail? This is McKee's Rhode Island. 
All right, first of all, I want to thank uh, the opportunity that you, Terrible. that you guys are giving us to be here today. McKees, uh, Rhode Island. As you can see, it's very painful for both of our families. Families are not uh, safe. All of us. Children are not safe. We never thought in a million years that we were going to be here. We are not safe. Cameras and people. Why uh, in McKees, Rhode Island, do they let murderers, they murderers out on bail? Uh, have been let free Crazy. once again. It was a great relief when Folks, we had to bury they don't our sons. Keep them uh, locked up, not in McKees, Rhode Island. With the trust on our, on our law system and the justice. Uh, and so discouraging. It was very difficult to learn after three days of deliberation and court so after seeing uh, some gruesome pictures. Uh, terrible. Um, they don't care. Video camera footages. Nope. He and York don't care. How he was found. And, but he and his pal and seeing that there was no, do not care. No chance for him to even defend himself or even Terrible. to have a chance to to be there and, and defend himself. After all that time, um, after hearing the judge or after hearing the court, I should say, uh, the Supreme Court of our state saying... That he was going out on bail, it was uh, it was completely devastating. Of course. Um, McKees, Rhode Island. There's a lot of kids out there that they well, that we want them to trust the law, that we want them to trust the justice. Yeah. But when they see things like this, they just uh, feel that oh, this is easy to this is easy to do. That's right. I don't want to say he got away with murder. Uh, Why is he, he out? Just feels like that. Of course. Our son, uh, my son in particular, he was terrible. Was a good kid. He was an excellent kid. He he never had any trouble, any encounters with the law. He had a clean record. We can say a few tickets here and there, like everybody else. Wow. He never had any encounters like that. On August 28th, he did found. Uh, we can call a human being and rattle his car seven bullets shot him twice in the face oh god for no reason he didn't have a clue who he was nope i wrote a little piece of him because i want you guys to know who he was and the key let him out okay uh, very nervous so i figure if i write it down i you guys can at least relate who that person was our son, Andre Bonilla, was, was not a street dog, a gang member, or a criminal. He was unknown to the police, as he had never gotten into any trouble. He grew up in two loving homes, where he had two sets of parents guiding and supporting him. Andre was a great kid and athlete. At an early age, he played little baseball league for La Salle Academy League as a catcher. Then he moved to play football for the East Providence Mohawks. Traveling to Florida three times to play their Super Bowl. Uh. He was nominated the MVP for his dedication and skills. He transitioned to play basketball at the Suco Recreation Center in Providence and also played for the Paul Coffey School Navigate. During the offseason, he played for the AAU Traveling Team League, going around the region looking for another championship. Given his extensive athletic endeavors, his passion for sports, and his devotion to teammates, he gained a large group of loyal friends that includes coaches, teachers, and fellow teammates, and as well become a big extended family. He graduated from Paul Coffey High School and attended Linden College for one year. That's just a little, that's who he was. That's all it was. After graduating from Europe in 2020, he became, All right, folks, I, um, he became a new professional. Again, these, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's very dramatic. And think of what is going on. And I want to, again, good afternoon at 1240. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Again, good afternoon to everybody tuning in on Facebook. This portion of the program is brought to you by Henry Oil. Folks, call Henry Oil today. Make Henry Oil your oil provider. Now, listen, it's freezing out. We still have some weeks to go. Call Henry Oil. Fill up that oil tank. 401 521 
reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. It's Henry Oil, 401-521-0200. Remember, they offer lock and cap pricing, budget plans, automatic delivery, service contracts, serving most Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. You can depend on Henry Oil, 401-521-0200. What's so dramatic about that is think what has happened that the Providence police have to hold a press conference with family members because the court system is allowing murderers released out on bail into the community. And these are not high bails. Folks, the justice system, and again, you know, I, I want to point out, someone could say, well, what does that have to do with Governor McKee? Hey, listen, you're in charge. And the bully pulpit, there's many different ways you can use what we call, you know, the bully pulpit, which is, you, you know, you use the position you have. Um, that also goes goes across the board where you have Mayor Lorza could certainly use it more. A lot of this obviously seems to be centered in Providence, which is why you have the Providence police. But what, what good is it if the Providence police do their job and they either prevent a crime or they solve a crime and they bring all the evidence and then our court system? That increasingly more and more is stacked with, you know, Ramundo was big on identity politics. And Rhode Island government is filled with, oh, we're going to have the first person of this and the first person. They're not putting the best possible qualified individual in the job. It's all identity politics. Now, granted, a lot of that comes from Ramundo, but a lot of it also is the corrupt nature of the Rhode Island State House and how someone gets to become a judge and that they control the judges and they approve the judges. And, folks, there's a lot of inside deals there, right? Like there's a lot of uh, attorneys who are state senators and reps or their partners are. They have a vested interest. And when they're voting to approve the judge, you know, there's a little bit of a, a wink and a nod. And they'd certainly appreciate a return favor. And they'd certainly appreciate special consideration. When um, if they get a client or ask for a favor to get somebody out on bail and then that's where it starts. But I am I'm uh, I'm glad that. In essence, the um, the police are speaking up and the police are saying and doing something about it and the police are not just, you know, going quietly. The police are not saying, oh, well, you know, the police are sending a strong message that what what is the point of them going through all this police work and then locking someone up? And then in the in the court system, they're allowing these people out. And anyone that is involved with the um, anyone that's involved with the court system suddenly becomes very disillusioned. You know, I've talked about Lauren E.C., who was murdered. Think of this, folks. Just think of the travel on this. Now, today is, and again, good afternoon at 1243. Today is Tuesday. It is February 15th. And Lauren was killed. Her, the anniversary of her being killed is coming up next month. And that was, she was killed on March 13th of 2019. It still has not gone to trial yet. Think of that. So she was killed in March of 2019. So the rest of 2019, you know, came and went. Then we entered 2020. And then you had the pandemic. And then the entire court system was obviously slowed. So then we went through 2020. So March of 2020 was the one year anniversary of Lauren being killed. Still no trial. Her killer, Mayor PC, he's locked up at the ACI. Then you came into 2021. And that was the two-year anniversary of when Lauren was killed. And again, that was March 13th. Well, folks, we're right now less than a month away. Three-year anniversary of Lauren Issei being murdered in her apartment in Cranston. Um... That she wanted a restraining order, and the court system said, well, he's homeless, so he doesn't have an address, so there's nowhere we can serve him the um, restraining order. 
And then he broke into her apartment and viciously and brutally killed her in her apartment. Folks, it was three years ago, and they still haven't even gone to trial yet. So, but anyone that, if you go to court that I have and, and do, um, the court system, it just becomes, it, it is so transactional, it's frightening. And it just, they just go through the motions. You know, I, um, I've been in touch, and obviously, you know, a, a recent case that we're focusing on is people ask me about justice for Olivia. Well, they say, what do I think is going to happen? I, I, I have to look at, and you have to point out, um, I don't know how you can't, the fact that Lauren Issey was murdered in March of 2019. And folks, there's, you know, so then there's, there's you just get in line. So what do I think is going to happen with the case involving uh, the guy that killed Olivia and purposely ran her off the road? Um, I mean, just I, I think we, you have to look at some other cases that are in the system. Uh, Lauren, Mara PC was was held on, I believe on he's being held on first degree murder at the ACI. I have a story about him coming up later today on DePetro.com. My point is. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen, but just look at the calendar. Uh, what would be three years from now? I mean, it would is it's it's a distinct possibility that there may not be anything happening on that case until 2024, 2025. I mean, it's very, very possible. I've been in touch with the parents of the young man that was shot by the Pawtucket police officer uh, last summer. Remember that when they pulled in, they started, he followed them off the highway and then they went to get away and he shot and he shot the driver. Um, high school kids that were doing nothing wrong. Well, you know, again, when is that case going to come? I'm not convinced any of that is going to come to trial, but it's not a matter of whether or not that case is going to see the light of day this year. I'm not convinced it's going to see the light of day next year possibly 2024, most likely maybe 2025. Does that make sense? Of course not. It's ridiculous. But what also is missing, by the way, is there's no one within the system that's looking to reform the system. Listen, of course it shouldn't take so long. But there's such a song and dance of pre-trial and then rescheduled and blah, 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 and all these people that come through and you know, the law just gives so much. Everything is weighed towards the criminal. Our, our system is not set up for the victim. And, and what a lot of people also don't recognize is many times within the system. Now, they always say, you know, uh, double jeopardy. You can't go after someone twice. You don't get two bites of the apple. However, it is routine that the criminals... They request they want a bench trial. And I don't want to get too in the weeds here because there is also news about the, the truckers in Canada that we want. But the, um, the, 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 the criminal, right, the accused, the defendant, so they request a bench trial. And if they, <clears throat> they lose with the judge, they then can turn around and request a jury trial. So they get two trials. Now, if someone goes in front of the court and then they're found not guilty by the judge, boom, it's gone. It's over. They can't go after him again. If they go in front of a jury, they're found not guilty, boom, it's over, and the prosecutors can't go after him again. It's very, very transactional. But you don't hear anyone speaking out. Today, this was unusual that the public safety complex, and I don't blame them, because if you're a police officer, what is the point of busting your behind, working nonstop through great police work? You find the person responsible for the crime and then the judge, boom, seemingly because the attorney knows someone and they're politically connected. They boom, they get them out on on uh, get them out on bail. It, 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 it Of course, it doesn't make sense. And of course, it's an insult to the families. But that's how dramatic it is, folks. Uh, we don't have a system where people are, in fact, where they're, they're working on behalf of 
um, on on us, on the victims. And and I come back to you know that that Friday press conference um, where Governor McKee and the DOT and the state police and you know they have this big uh, before the Super Bowl and. Fans don't let fans drive drunk and all this other. It, it didn't do anything. That kid from West Warwick is in critical condition because of. And these are these are adults, by the way. These are adults that are crashing in. As I've talked about, you know, years ago, it was the young teen drunk driver. You haven't found that. Um, you know, the, the guy that was driving that ran poor little Olivia off the road. He's 30 years old. This guy that was um, arrested Saturday night, who's already out on bail, head-on collision, drunk driving charges. He's 30 years old. We need stronger penalties. You don't hear anyone who is calling for, it's as far as an elected official, who's calling for stricter penalties. And, you know, there is someone who's running against Attorney General Peter Narona. Chaz Kalenda. He's a Republican. He is running. And I will have conversations with him. But part of this is, and and where is he? Right? Like, if you're running for office, and I try to be supportive, folks, what they don't realize is how difficult it is to break through, how difficult it is for people to know who you are and, and get a sense of, you know, you're running for certain office. And What's your name and when's the election? It takes a lot and more, far more than people realize. Um, and you really have to work it every single week in order to do that. So I'm going to talk to him. He, he was in the news a little bit uh, right after New Year's with the, the death of Olivia. But I haven't really seen him in the news. Um, I, I haven't seen a press release. I don't. I don't know if they fully get when you're running for office, it has to be every single week. Your goal is to try to get news coverage because that's how you educate the general public, the voters, who you are. Uh, Again, as right now, it's February 15th. Folks, as we get closer, you know, who who knows what's what's going to be happening in the world? You have other elections. Um. The countdown is on. It's it's not as easy for people to get media coverage in this type, in any type of environment, but certainly when you're going to have several races. I want to once again play that poor mother, the mother of Tariq Grundy, uh, the man charged in the 25-year-old's death being released on bail, someone on a capital offense and sending them out into the community. It is wrong. And it is torture what they're doing to these poor families. This is her earlier. I played it just a second. All right. The sound is not as good as I thought it was, folks. The sound is not as uh, good as I thought it was. Right now at 1253, the the answer is, you know, I, I again, Governor McKee, who um, doesn't do anything about cutting taxes, Governor McKee, who's really just looking to appeal in pandering to certain groups in order to, he's just trying to win the Democrat primary in September. Um, uh, you know, is there anyone that would say that he's tough on crime? Have you ever heard Governor McKee say we need to crack down on crime? Have you ever heard him say that we need to do something for the victims? We, While he's been governor since last March, we've had some pretty high profile crimes. That's just not his thing. He's a Democrat. Um, as much as he says he's a Biden Democrat, I think a lot of his policies, he's more of a progressive, right? I mean, he chose Governor Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos. She was in favor of defunding the police. And that did not uh, prevent her from being named Lieutenant Governor. Now, I also believe, I don't know who else is going to run for Lieutenant Governor. She should not be our Lieutenant Governor. She shouldn't. Come on. Rhode Island, we can do better than that. I'm not saying, you know, you're going to have like Cheney, but we could certainly do better than Lieutenant Governor Matos for um, Lieutenant Governor. She's just she's there to try to help Dan McKee 
uh, get votes in the Latino community, right? I mean, we all know that. I don't think there's anything wrong. I think she should also disclose certain conflicts that she has that she doesn't disclose. She has certain relationships with different people um, that she has not brought out to the public uh, that I think should be exposed. I think we have a right to know different relationships that she has with various people in state government. And um, and I think that's something that would and should come out, by the way, on the campaign trail. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show, again, visit our website, DePietro.com. It's brought to you by the Coesed Inn. A great meal is waiting for you. 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick. And again, if you go to the website, DePietro.com, they are um, one of our supporters. There's a link right there at the website, DePietro.com. Now, you often hear me praise uh, Channel 12. WPRI. And most of the time, you know, listen, they're out there. They have a lot of reporters. The way they are built is Channel 10 has the well-known anchors, right? People like Patrice Wood, Gino, uh, even Dan Janik for that matter. Channel 12, uh, less well-known anchors, you know, but far more on reporting. Tim White, Ted Nisi, Eli Sherman, um, they do a very good job. But I, I was a little surprised that Channel 12 fell for that story that was basically uh, funded by the teachers union. Folks, the teachers union, they're big. Um, all they talk about is they want more money. Uh, they never promise better s- scores. And I'm a little surprised that Channel 12 kind of fell for this. They did a story, high poverty K-12 through Rhode Island public school districts gets less funding than wealthy ones, report shows. Well, the report was done by the Albert Shanker Institute, who, and the co-author of it was the teachers union. And all they preach is that communities like Woonsocket, Pawtucket, Central Falls, Providence, they should get more money. They don't promise higher test scores. But they just want more money. And they continue to want more money. And this business of, oh, there's inequity, and that's not what it is. It, it, it's not what it is. Um, th- that is a, a complete myth that if you have, have these uh, fantastic, brand-new, state-of-the-art schools, that the test scores will follow. That That is just not, that's not the case. The... Um, Especially when you look at, uh, you know, in, in Providence, they do have, they do have some brand new schools, and that hasn't helped the test scores. You know what that did was that turned out to be a nice payday for the the no bid union uh, members uh, workers that that got the bid on that. That's that's all that really turned into. So it's it's not. Um, it certainly is not a matter of that in, in some way, it, it's not as if the, the test scores have gone up. So, folks, now you see a 30th, I'm just seeing right now at 1250, a 30th House Democrat is not running for re-election. A 30th House Democrat. So now there's 30 Democrats open seats. So what does that tell you? It tells you that they are expecting a complete bloodbath in Congress next year. Now, right now, it's 1259. Now, next hour, we're going to have a lot more on uh, the truckers and that controversy. Also, the mask mandate. Governor McKee has totally punted it to all the school districts. Next hour is uh, radio only. So what we're going to do is we're going to break for the one o'clock news. We have another full hour to go. Remember, you can listen AM 1380 or 99.9 FM, or you can listen online at the website, which is petro.com. So we'll be back on the other side. Again, a lot more news uh, also about Governor McKee and the masking, the hypocrisy of it, and the latest now um, on Ukraine. So let's get a news update. Stand by for the one o'clock news. We'll be back on the other side. The power hour is next on the John DePietro Show.